All right, well, good morning. How are we doing? Awesome. Well, I want to invite you guys to go ahead and stand. Welcome to Kensington. We're going to have a little bit of fun starting off the Christmas season. So let's go ahead and sing. Davey, take us away, man. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Welcome to Kensington. My name is Tyler, and I'm the production director here at our Clarkson campus. My name is Sydney, and I am the student ministries and discipleship intern this um, year. Yeah. So um, as we enter our second week of our Christmas, um, the Heart of Christmas series, we just wanted to share um, with you what our heart is here at Kensington. So you should have gotten one of these beautiful books um, when you walked in this morning. And so within this is really what our heart is, and we're really excited for um, Mark and Jeremiah to kind of talk about different things that we've done throughout the year here at Kensington um, that you'll find right here in this book. It is hard to believe that Christmas is only two weeks away. We've got a fascinating topic we're going to be looking at during our Christmas services this year. Take a look at this video. He said it's in the town of David. It shouldn't be much further. We need to keep following the star. It appears to have stopped over in that direction. Come this way. It'd be very quiet. Mary's very tired. you're hungry. The chili's been cooking all day. Did you bring the spices? I bring red pepper flakes, cayenne pepper, and cumin. We come bearing the gift of unleavened cornbread. Yes. Oh, yeah. so, so did you put beans in it this time? I did. Okay. We'll send you out. Oh, okay. miles. You can, you can Anybody have tongue? Without Jesus, December 25th would be just another day. 
it's such a fascinating concept to think about the impact that the birth of Jesus had on our lives and particularly on all of the Christmas traditions that we know and love. And so this Christmas at Kensington, we're going to be talking about what it would have looked like if Jesus never came and what impact he's truly had on our lives and on our hearts. It is going to be a fantastic service. It's going to be a ton of fun. We've got some great music planned. We've got some drama. We've got an outstanding teaching the guys are working on. You guys are not going to want to miss this. And it is a perfect service to invite your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, anybody who you think might want to come experience the love of Jesus in new and exciting ways, perhaps for the very first time. We would love to have them join us. We have services on Saturday, December 23rd at 7 p.m. and on Sunday, December 22nd at 9, 11, and 1. You can get your free Christmas tickets at kensingtonchurch.org slash Christmas. Those times are on there as well, so be sure and come out and join us for that. I'm really excited um, to experience the Kensington Christmas service for the first time this year, so I really hope to see a lot of you out um, this year. Also, um, next step going into the new year, we have our Alpha um, course starting up again in January. So if you have any questions about your faith or if you haven't jumped into a small group yet and you're really just looking for community, um, we have our Alpha series starting. And so if you have any questions about that or want to learn more about that, you can ask anyone out at our starting point table as well. So today, Jeremiah is going to be sharing with us about peace on earth. But before we jump into that, please stand up and say hello to a couple of people around you. Good morning, everybody. How you guys doing? Hey, answer me a question. Is it still snowing outside? Isn't that great? Who loves snow? Who are the snow maniacs around here around Christmas time? If it doesn't snow, it's not quite Christmas, right? So, hey, we're so glad each and every one of you are here today. So, we are in, as Tyler had mentioned, kind of uh, coming up on Christmas, by the way, pretty soon, a couple weeks. So, get your tickets and invite people for sure. And we're right in the middle of a series called The Heart of Christmas. And so, last week was Kaleo, our partnership, which, by the way, were, were any of you here to participate in that? Or, or, or was that great or what, man? That is like worthy of clapping and talking about and sharing. And we talked about three things and, and, and that we're going to do over the series. But last week was joy. And we said that joy has a face and it's Jesus. And today we're talking about peace. And next week will be about love, which are probably pretty good things to talk about around Christmas time, right? Uh, but today as we talk about peace, it, uh, we're really convinced of this, that it was on the heart of God for people for a long time. In fact, you see it buried right in the Christmas story. In Luke chapter 2, uh, there's a scripture I want to pull up there. It says, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what is that word? Peace. Goodwill to mankind. And so really you can see not just the heart of Christmas in this series, but maybe if you would with me, I'd suggest the heart of God is not just for joy, but for peace to be on earth for all people. And today when we press into that, we ask the question, is that possible on this planet? With the problems that there are and the trials and the issues and the things that you and I face on a day-to-day basis, is peace elusive or is it possible? And uh, <clears throat> this time of the year, we love to actually always kind of elevate our global partners. So for some of you that know what that is, maybe you've been on a missions trip and you've experienced it. It's unbelievable. We, we say this around here that, that we love to do ministry not just here, like in southeast Michigan or Clarkson campus or other eight campuses, Orlando, if you're lucky enough to visit our Orlando campus, right, uh, in church plants throughout America, but not just here, but over there, all across the world, because we believe what that scripture means, that God wanted peace, not just in Michigan, but on earth, the whole planet. And so today we look at our, one of our global partners, which is South Sudan. Uh, and Steve Andrews, our lead pastor, is going to kind of intro that video because today is going to be kind of a two-part message. You're going to see and hear the story of a gentleman named Ruben that is kind of leading that, that venture, our global partner, liaison there. And then his friend, who's going to be hopefully our friend one day too, is a guy named Nicodemus. And we see in one of the most difficult spots in the world to live in South Sudan, the most difficult trials this person had to go through that that he discovers peace. And so today we're going to ask, is peace possible? And if it is, is it possible for you and I? And so I encourage you, as, as Steve Anders introduces this, and you press in the story, have that question on your heart and on your mind. Is peace possible, not just what we're going to see on the screen today, but is peace possible in your life too? 
Has there ever been a time in history where we are more immediately inundated with news that tends to bring us to despair or to give up hope? Do you realize that when you invest in a year-end Christmas gift at Kensington, that the opposite is true? That you're actually seeing hope and joy and love and peace come to the world? We're seeing that in so many countries in the world, explosive church planting movements. And probably none is more amazing or more miraculous than what is happening in the new country of South Sudan. Ruben Mariakal, our partner, and his friends in South Sudan are putting their life on the line each day. They literally don't know from day to day if they're going to live or die. But in the midst of this, overwhelming peace is coming to the world. And so today, as you watch this amazing story of this unlikely hero, a man named Nicodemus, realize that you and I get to be a part of something that is so unlikely and so amazing. When you give, we get to be a part of what Jesus Christ is doing in the world. country, peace is rare. People are so used to fighting that many have given up hope that things can change. But God says, blessed are the peacemakers. And sometimes those that bring peace are the ones that no one expects. Sudan, the newest country in the world, and it's located in East Central Africa. And this whole region has been in conflict and ravaged by war in the past 60 years. And actually, it's not getting better, it's getting a whole lot worse. In fact, the compound that we're staying in just a few weeks ago had a bunch of rebels that had come through with guns and threatening violence, and everyone there just did not know what was going to happen. Fueled by racism, political strife, religious persecution, the price of the conflict has been very high. There's actual active landmines just a few feet away from where children are playing. Everyone here lives in a state of uncertainty, not knowing what tomorrow will hold. They all live in fear and long for peace. When you see a man having uh, marks on the head or the shoulder, that one uh, means the number of the people that a person has killed during the war. And then when you see the women, you see some women are having marks, that one also shows the husband of the woman has killed many men. They share that glory in the, in, in the name of husband. So she acts like the husband is a hero. My testimony is about my sister's son. The child grew at my home for more than 10 years. When he was making the 12 year, the child was taken back to the village. He was transferred to the cattle camp. When he reached the cattle camp, they went to the field where the cows are grazing. Then another tribe, that used to attack the Toposa tribe called Boya came and raided the cows. And then on the process of raiding, the child was caught 
by a group of more than 10 men. They use a knife, then they slaughter the boy. The people took me there using a motorbike to the place where the child was killed. So I went and I saw the body of the child lying on the ground. One hand was cut, then the other hand also was cut. The leg was cut, the head is far away from the body. I was not happy, I became very hungry. So I buried the boy and then I came back to the village. So I wanted to take one gun to follow the men where they have gone. My aim was to go and clear them all. As you see this mark on my face, these three men have killed three people and I, I was used to it. What was in my body, in my heart, was only to have a revenge. I was only aiming for a revenge. Then one gun which was left in the village was hidden somewhere because they knew that I loved the boy and my aim was if I am to get a gun, I was going to clear even 50 men in that place. So I grew very annoyed in which I was even almost hung myself when the people went and hide the gun. The only way was to go and hang myself, but the people went and advised me. Tormented by the death of his nephew and unable to find his gun, Nicodemus reached a level of despair that led him into considering taking his own life. It was while searching for a weapon in a nearby village that he ran into Reuben Mariacal, who would eventually become his mentor and spiritual advisor. The life that Nicodemus had before getting Christ, is, his aim was to be the, the hero of the village. And being a hero is to raid as many tribes, uh, the surrounding tribes as possible, is to kill as many people as possible. But once he encountered Christ, there was a radical change in his heart. Other people went and advised me until they brought me back to Kopueta here, whereby I met with Pastor Ruben and then with other believers. They had to advise me and say, that is not the way. Try to have peace in your heart. So I went and I stayed for more than 20 days until I forgive those people. Christ replaced this problem in me. I had to have peace again. As I am now, I'm going always to the church. I am also advising others who have the same grievances like the way I used to have. So I see Nicodemus and he no longer views the other tribes as enemies. He views them as objects of the grace of Christ and they're candidates of heaven. And that's why he has now the desire to, to reach out to the other villages as his friends. Since his encounter with Jesus, Nicodemus has been radically transformed. Under Reuben's guidance, he now plants churches in the very fields where the Taposa, Dinga, and other neighboring tribes have violently clashed for centuries. Armed with nothing more than the gospel and a motorcycle, he brings peace to a region that many believed impossible to reach. So we have two communities in our location here. So we have uh, the Dedinga community and then the Topoza community. These two communities are very hostile to each other. So when we planted a church here, the Topoza and the Dedinga were able to meet together. So what they did, they helped reconcile those who accepted Christ. They were able to meet together and then they worshiped together. They became one. But in other areas whereby the church is not planted, the war still continues. Many blood is being shedded every time. But we saw really a church can bring peace in a community. The mission of our ministry is letting the light occupy the land. 
and we see darkness manifesting itself in different forms. The greatest is spiritual darkness. Uh, there is intellectual darkness. There is darkness of hatred and uh, violence. There is socio-economic darkness. And we see as we are in this land, our ministry is to become hands and feet of Jesus and shine the light and let the light occupy the land. I see Nicodemus maybe finding his fellow warriors in the other village as friends. Even his friends who are raiders, they were 10 in number. His gang of 10 men and six of them he has evangelized and they have come to Christ. When all these guys who are warriors come, they, they, they are not warriors for Christ. They are not taking the spears but they, and guns, they are taking the gospel to the, to the next tribes. I see this hope and I can see changes will be here in years to come. Jesus means everything to me. In the first place, I was lost. Um, I was a sinner. I was a killer. I was robbing. I used to do many things which are not right. But when Christ came into my heart, I have now hope of being with the Lord. I think when Christ is taken out of the equation, there's no hope in this country. I mean, governments can come with policies, but that cannot transform the hearts of people. It takes only the power of Christ to transform the hearts of people. If it's just empty philanthropy, helping people and doing that, there could never be hope. But when we are preaching Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. I'm sure ultimately the Prince of Peace will be able to bring peace to this country, so there is hope. story, isn't it? When I first watched, all I could think was, wow. Who could possibly step into this man's life, Nicodemus, and transform it? A man who by his own admission says, first of all, I was lost. I was a sinner. I was a killer. Jesus stepped in and changed everything. I mean, think about this. That we get to see, because this isn't just some video from somewhere halfway across the world that is, but it's also part of our friends. It's part of this community, this peace on earth thing that God is at work doing now. And what is it that takes place in a human's heart that when people used to run from Nicodemus, they'd, they'd flee him, they would run when he came. Now when he comes, even children run to him. Is it possible that peace can take place on earth? And I feel like, I don't know about you, but for me, when I watch this story, this testimony, that it is possible. And so the bigger question today is for us too, is it not just possible over there? And if it is, in war-torn Sudan, in this emerging country, in the middle of political conflict and difficulty and economic ruin and, 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 and just like distress, if peace can emerge from that, can peace emerge in our own lives, in our own hearts, right? I mean, for me, that's what I think when I watch it. I first think, this is unbelievable. I can't believe that took place. Because I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I know this at least, that the world can't bring anything to my heart that was brought to Nicodemus' heart. And we 
Go back to the first scripture I shared before we got into the first part of our message with the video message. Was this. It's in Luke 2. It's buried in the Christmas story. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what is it? Peace. And it seems to be right, really, in the heart of God when I, when I look to that scripture and I look to Nicodemus and I, and I think about this. I'm like, God, is peace really part of your plan for our life? Because honestly, at times, it seems kind of elusive, doesn't it? It seems to evade us and, and we can't seem to get our arms around it, right? I, I don't know what the deal is. I, you know, I, we, a couple of days ago, I was with my wife and we were taking Caleb, our oldest, to an appointment. And we were leaving the appointment and getting back into a, to a vehicle and we were parked kind of close, and the lady next to us was just, you could see her gripping her steering wheel, and she was so angry. And, and we are those people that park too close. I'm sorry in advance, okay? And my son was trying to get in, and I'm like, Caleb, don't hit the car door. And we finally get in, and she was like, just so angry. And she finally pulled out, and I told Caleb, it's not your fault. We just, you know, it's mom's fault. She parked too close, you know, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. You know, but, but there was something more. It struck me as I was like just thinking about today and thinking about this peace on earth. And I thought, God, if you want peace on earth, where is the peace in her world? Because I know that's aggravating when you park too close. I get it, but there's something deeper and more, right? There really was. Maybe, maybe you've had that too. You find yourself so overwhelmed with frustration or worry or doubt or concern or, or the insecurities that plague us or the uncertainties this world will bring to us. And really worry and doubt and these things become the antithesis. They become the enemy of peace that God desires in our, our life. And the truth of the matter is we desire peace as a people. We really do. I, I'm convinced as God architect the world that it was part of his plan that he wanted in our life. But what seems to come up and even demands stronger that we need peace, that even pulls in a bigger way that we need peace is our problems. The problems that we face. I, I think about that woman in that car and I thought, God, what kind of problems is she facing right now? Things that you and I don't even understand she's going through, she's going through, right? Things that you're going through right now we don't even know about that you're, you're facing. What, what is it right now that you would say, if I could exchange this problem for peace in my life, that would be incredible. If I could do that, that would be awesome because isn't this supposed to be, right, the most wonderful time of the year? But for some of us, it seems far from that. What is it? Jesus had incredible insights to this. I want to share with you as we kind of follow this journey of peace that started really with the Christmas story in Luke and it makes its way in, in John sixteen thirty three and and Jesus says this. He, he he comes across a group of people really no different than you and I, Israelites, and, and they were in a spot there where they they demanded peace. They had a lot of problems and maybe today you have a lot of problems and they needed peace. And he says, Hey, I have told you these things so you have peace. In this world you'll have problems. And I kind of stop there for a minute because he, he pivots when he says it. He says, I'm telling you some stuff that I want you to pay attention to, listen to, because it'll bring you peace. Because in this world, you'll have problems. And isn't it true? You ever thought about just like, for right now, maybe our mom's sitting in the audience. Maybe you're in the workplace or at home or doing both. or And you want peace in your home, right? right? Or for the dad that's just kind of trying to make his way through his job and, and managing his family and stuff. And you need peace, right, in the middle of doubts and stuff. Or have you thought about, like, maybe as one of our middle school students that go here, and as they get ready to leave the home or get on a bus or get in a car and go to school on Monday morning, they walk in, and they walk in with a lot of doubts and uncertainties, and they face peer pressures you and I had never had to, and they, maybe they're facing a bully, and they don't want to face them, and they're, and, they're, and they're insecure, and they're beginning to be overwhelmed, and they need peace, really, in their life to face another day, or the college student that's saying, man, the right university, or should I even be here? What career do I choose? Or you're in a relationship right now, and you're, and you're uncertain. Is this going to work out? And, and this worry and this doubt begins to push back, and it elevates you have problems. And it's like Jesus is saying, in this world, you're going to have problems. He's like, and I'm telling these things, they have peace. And it's, it's interesting, before we get to the next part of that scripture, we've taken not just you and I, but really across the world, we've taken different pathways for peace. Have you ever just noticed if you get on the news and Fox News or CNN or anything at all, and you see that beyond our borders, there's conflict. Like we have conflict with North Korea, right? Like that's not looking too great, <laughs> you know, and, and, or conflicts with this whole Russia thing or just conflicts all around, or you look inside of our borders and we look for peace, right? I mean, we have fought wars for it. We have strived for it. We have pushed for it. And and we look for peace here. And, and look at our political landscape. Uh, that's not divided, 
right? Uh, you know, is there peace there? Or look at our socioeconomic standards. There, there's groups of people that feel like there's a bigger separation from the haves and the have-nots, and there's an expanding and forgotten about middle class, and there's poverty that we, we brush to the side, and the wealthier keep getting wealth, and there seems to be no peace or equality in the middle of this economic system. Or what about racial equality? You thought about that? I mean, I just think about even last week and Cleo kids and uh, Kamaya and Lily, and they're sharing their story, and not only was their story beautiful, the, the fact that it was it was, it was like, it was racial equality. It was beautiful, this picture. And yet that, even though people like Martin Luther King have brought us strides and done incredible things, that there's still not peace in our world, in our own country with this race thing. And what about even if we go even closer to home, like in the walls of our own home, that maybe you walked into this place today, right? And you, everything's going great and you're fine, but that's not the truth. Things are difficult at home. Finances are difficult at home. Uncertainty at home. And the walls of your own home, it's just, when we're striving and we're looking for peace, maybe if we lived in this house, or if we had this career position, or if we could just have this, or if we could go on that vacation, or if we could do this, then things would give us temporary peace. But that's kind of what it is, isn't it? Temporary peace and this desire burning in our heart for peace, it's, it, it's strong. It really is. And when we battle, we feel embattled about it. And, and Jesus is really, I think, trying to take us a little bit further. He's saying, don't worry about what's on the outside, this uh, beyond our borders or inner borders or even in the walls of your home. Because believe it or not, it's not really the external things that you're battling with right now. You say, what? You say, do you not know my, my problems I'm facing? Do you, do you not understand? And, and I want to pause here for a second. I validate what you're going through. I validate the problems I don't know about or maybe don't even understand. I, I validate those I do. But Jesus is trying to take us to a place, and I'm going to show you in John 16, that he wants to go just even a little bit deeper. He says this, he says, but take heart. He says, what? Because, because they're saying, he's like, I've told you these things for, they have peace. And he's saying, by the way, you're going to have problems in this world. And people are like nodding, yes, we have problems. And he says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. He makes this grandiose statement. He says, everything you're concerned about, everything you're worried about right now, everything you're fretting over, everything you're distraught about. I was even thinking about like Nicodemus in that story. He was so concerned about getting revenge on the men that took his nephew's life. And then he, then he was upset with his own life to the point of being distraught. He, says, just bring, he makes a statement, bring me a rope. And I'm not taking this lightly because there are people that have walked through these doors today that may have, even it's crossed your mind, you've thought, my, is my life worth living? Or you know somebody that's had these thoughts and depression has overwhelmed you. And Jesus is saying, take heart. He's saying, it's not out there. Believe it or not, it's in here. See, take heart because I've overcome the world. I don't know if you ever heard of a gentleman that's been part of a ministry named Jamie Winship. And he's, I heard him talk about conflict one time. He says, when you look at our world, you see conflict all around. You see conflict beyond our borders. You see conflict in our borders. You see conflict in our homes. You see conflict all around us. And conflict really often is almost, when there's conflict around, it's like the, the definition of the absence of peace. When there is conflict in your life. And when Jesus is getting to this point, he's saying, like it was even for Nicodemus in that story, it wasn't all the external things. So those are real problems. Your problems are real problems. My problems, our problems are real. I get it. But Jesus is saying, let's not tackle that first. Let's look a little deeper and get to the heart of the issue. He's saying, take heart because I've overcome the world. And Jamie Winship says that the conflict's not out there. The conflict is actually right in here. Jesus always did this. He would always shift this paradigm. And, and people were like saying, what do you mean? I don't understand. And they're curious. And it was really interesting because 600 years before Jesus even came to the earth, this story of peace began. It's in a book called Isaiah. It's from a guy named Isaiah that was a prophet that wrote about the coming of Jesus Christ, which is really interesting because he, he talks about the coming of Jesus Christ. And what's interesting is he did this 600 years before Jesus even came. And he said, well, what's the big deal about that? That's pretty remarkable. Our, our weather guys can't even get anything right, right? Six days before the weather comes or, or even six hours, right? For that matter, before it comes. But this guy's predicting something and I want to read it with you. It says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And watch this. 
this is the deal. Jesus is saying, he's saying, take heart, I've overcome the world, because guess what? If you trust in me, you can have this, because here's who Jesus is. The prince of what? Peace. See, we, we desire peace in our hearts. We desire peace to overcome our problems, but we find peace in a person, and his name is Jesus. And Isaiah knew this full well, and he shared this, and this is kind of what birthed this Christmas story. This is what transformed Nicodemus's life all the way over in South Sudan. This is what can transform your life today, really all the way here right in America, in Michigan. See, I've seen peace transform people's lives. Uh, I've seen it transform a marriage where, where there was hostility and anger in it, and it brought it back together. I've seen it transform in a student's life that was ravaged with anxiety and unable to face another day, and peace came in in this unbelievable way. And I've seen it in my own cousin, David, who when he was 42, he passed away from cancer. But I remember being at his his bedside and we went to go visit him, and he seemed to have this joy and this peace, and I couldn't understand it. And he would sing. I was only 15, and I didn't quite get it. He sang, I have Jesus with me. I'm okay He's brought me peace. I'm like, how can you have, when you have conflict and issues and problems around you, like Nicodemus did, like my cousin did, right? Like, like a married couple does. And how is that possible? And I, I've seen it in a single mom whose husband left her around Christmas. Five kids for another woman and alcohol. I've seen it where she would get just bread and butter because they literally, it's all they had around Christmas time to eat. And they celebrated and they had so much peace in their home when she sold her home 17 times almost because just to make proceeds off it to pay the rent ahead. And I seen it when she was living all alone in an apartment complex. She was my grandmother, Mary Ann Chamberlain. And I watched. And when I was a young boy, I didn't quite understand it. As I became older, I understood. She shared, I have peace. She shared it when she was dying of Parkinson's disease and shaking. And in a bedroom all alone in an institutionalized looking building where they were trying to take good care of her. She had peace. How is that possible? How is it possible for Nicodemus to have peace in his heart and to be transformed that people ran from him and now run to him? How is it possible for my grandmother to have been abandoned and raised her children and my mother and my uncles and stuff and, and, and done that with this? Could it be the Prince of Peace? And I'm, and I'm just, I'm pleading, and I know I'm feeling passionate about this, but I've seen too many people go through pain and hurt, and they don't have to. And God's heart, the heart of Christmas, today we're talking about, is that peace on earth is not this fictitious, elusive thing. It's a real thing that Jesus Christ desires in our lives. And you're saying, how is it possible? Because we find peace in a person. And I ask you this question, what is it today that, that nobody knows, right? Maybe, maybe you know as a couple and you're not sharing or, or, or you're hiding it and you're struggling and nobody knows, but you would say, God, if, if, I could, if you could give me peace in the situation, if you could give me peace in my heart against this depression, maybe you're a student here and you're saying, God, if you could give me peace to walk through the walls of my school and not be overwhelmed and insecure, God, if you could give me peace that there's hope for a better future in my life. See, this is what Jesus is bringing. I love when Reuben says, I don't know about everything else we're going to try to do in this country, but if we preach the Prince of Peace, then I got to believe peace will come, right? And I believe it because I see it with my own eyes. And I've seen it in some of your lives too. But maybe you're here today and say, I've not seen it. And I would encourage you this, that this Prince of Peace is real. This thing at the heart of Christmas, this joy we talked about last week, this peace is actually found in a person, and his name is Jesus. In fact, Isaiah called him 600 years prior to that. He said he's a wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father, and he's the Prince of Peace. Why? Because Jesus knew. He says, take heart. He says, take heart, because in this world you have problems, but you can find peace inside of him. I just want to pause for a moment and pray for us. I, I'm really convinced that some of us have walked in here today and we, we have the absence of peace in our life. And with all my heart, I, I don't want you to have to walk out of here like that too because I'm convinced that Jesus, not me, not Mark, nothing else, that Jesus Christ is capable of bringing peace in your life. I just want to pray for you real quick. God, I, I just want to pause in this moment and honestly feel led just to, to pray for people right now, God, that they have walked in here 
and they're, they're, they feel like they're losing a life. They feel overwhelmed. They feel just oh, distraught. Jesus, you promised you would walk through the midst of your churches and you would bring peace. You would bring love. You would bring joy. This is who you are. You are the Prince of Peace. And so today, I just ask this, God, that somehow that through the story that we've watched of Nicodemus, through just these few minutes of sharing your gospel, that God, that you would become real in people's hearts, that they would have hope, even if it's just a little bit of light that begins to push into the darkness, because we know you promised the darkness can't comprehend the light of you, Jesus. May you push back and illuminate in people's hearts today that you love them, that you can bring peace in their life. May you bless your name. Amen. Thanks for letting me do that. I just, I really felt my heart. I want you to know that the Prince of Peace wants to bring peace to your life. We wanted to take just a moment today, and we're going to do it next week too, and Mark's going to come up and help me share in this moment, is to share why we do this. Why do we have campuses? Why do we have global partners like, right, like Reuben and, and Nicodemus? And why do we share the stories that we shared and talk about the things that we talk about? And, uh, and you were given a booklet, in fact, when you walked in, and really, this is really an extension of a lot of those stories. And it really, uh, I think, Mark, you chittered earlier in, when we were talking between services, you are like, oh my gosh, this, this really paints a picture of why we do this. And it, yeah. and it shows a picture of Isaiah 9-6, yeah. too. Yeah, it was interesting when I was listening to the message in the first service. <clears throat> I didn't know where he was going uh, for sure, but there was a point when, after uh, the story of Nicodemus, I thought, oh my gosh, that Isaiah passage, and I pulled my phone out and went to Isaiah 9, and I was pulling it up because I was like, I wanted to remember all four of the descriptions of yeah. Christ, this child that would be born, this, this everlasting father, prince of peace, mighty God, right, wonderful counselor. Um, <clears throat> if you guys have this book, take this out with me for a minute. Huh? And ushers, I know yeah. I tried to get you guys earlier, I'm sorry, but is there anybody that would like to have one that just got in here and maybe yeah, didn't get one yet? Anybody? Just your raise hand your hand and one of the guys will just grab you one. God, yeah. I really encourage you. Yeah, here's somebody over here. Yeah. Um, when I, if you look through the pages and just kind of leaf through them and just consider those descriptions of who God is, it's saying this is who Jesus will be, a mighty God. In other words, one who has power, unlimited power. Uh, the wonderful counselor, um, we were talking about Nicodemus, right? Yes. Really, Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit became his counselor. And changed his heart from the inside out. Here's this man who was just ripped with revenge and, and self-doubt and everything else, right? And Jesus came in as a wonderful counselor and healed his heart from that inside out. Um, the everlasting father. You look through this piece of these kids, even in Kenya and so forth. The orphanages that were able to help in India. All of these people, these uh, trafficked, trafficked girls in Nepal who have found the everlasting father. A father figure that they can trust implicitly. That is perfect. So I, I just look through this and I go, oh my gosh. You know, uh, Jeremiah mentioned the media and the news and Steve Andrews mentioned it. It can be so discouraging. But this yeah, is what opposite. Jesus brings. This over every page, you look at it, healing, hope, movement, momentum, right? Yes. Um, and everything from, you know, third world countries to a, to a young woman who tried to take her life because she didn't know she was deeply loved and mattered in this world. Um, so <clears throat> I think what we would like to do is obviously this is our year end and a lot of us are right are considering well what what would I do as a generous gift and who would I give it to there's so many great we say this all the time great yeah. churches great nonprofits but I want to just ask you and to, to consider something if if this if Kensington is a place where God has drawn your heart I, I want to ask you to consider being intentional about your giving Beyond, say, you know, if Jeremiah does a good job in the message, you might throw a 20 in. If not so good, like if I'm preaching, you throw a 5 in. Oh, right. uh, but, here, here, but beyond that, where it's like before my week starts, before my monthly bills start, I say, I want to be intentional to make sure when I get down to the end of my life that I've been a part of what God is doing. And it's way beyond this book. Because he's going to do something with you and your personality 
and your resources that has never been done in this world. He, he's going to reach people groups and, and in ways that have never been done. So I, I really want to encourage you to think beyond, okay, you know, a Christmas year-end gift, that'd be fantastic. But I'm hoping that a lot of us that have never taken that step at being a percentage giver on the front side of my month, on the front side of my paycheck, that becomes a regular investment in the world. And I'm suggesting that if Jesus, again, is calling you to be part of this family on this mission, then your gifts, this is what what starts to happen. But it's going to even be beyond this. Does that make sense? And there is no guilt, no pressure. I hope you understand that. This has nothing to do with that. This is between yeah. you and God. And don't feel like he's going to beat you up over this. But listen to that Holy Spirit moving in your heart. And I would just encourage you to respond to what he's saying. Because I can guarantee you, just like uh, Reuben, just like Nicodemus, he is inviting you and me continually into something that is so radically beautiful and beyond what you could ever think of and all we have to do is say yes and live open-handedly with him and you just get ready for the ride of your life right I love that. absolutely yeah this is beautiful and I, i've heard a man say once before that it's say well just talking about numbers and something it's not because when you invest you invest in the people in the kingdom of god and watch out Mark's saying is that if God's inviting in, we believe he's inviting every person on this planet, every person in this auditorium on an adventure because it's not about numbers, it's about names. It's about your name, names that we've not even heard of yet because every name has a story and every story, and this is a part I always remember that he said, every story, just like your story, just like Nicodemus' story, matters deeply to God. And that's what we want to invest in. We want to invest in the story of humanity, and not just the story of humanity, the story of humanity where Jesus intersects and does something beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to just say one last thing, because I know for those of you that may be visiting with us, you go, oh, how about that? I come yeah. to church and all they want is my money. <laughs> come on, I know you, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't want your money. Yeah. It's not about that. What this is about, it's like, seriously, if, if, if I, here's the thing, God created you to partner with him in the restoration of the world. You. Whether you do it here at Kensington, I could care less, right? I mean, we don't care. We just, our invitation is follow him, but follow him into greatness in his great power. Don't miss that ride. That's, I just want you to hear that. If you're new and you're visiting, you check us out, don't, yeah. don't feel obligated to give money. That's not the point. I, just, I really mean that. But our, our encouragement is, boy, connect with God somewhere and don't sell yourself short on how he may want to use you. Does that, do you hear that from my heart? Yeah. Um, yeah, Jeremiah, a, take yep. us through that last page on how yeah, we can Yeah, no, do absolutely. It. And again, to Mark's point, that, that's thing. In fact, even as we ask the ushers to go ahead and come forward right now, we just want to share there. There are just five easy ways we've kind of spelled it out to give. Um, because again, generosity, many of your generosities help fuel this place. Uh, one is just giving on, on, <clears throat> on the Kensington Church app, uh, making a quick and secure donation, kensingtonchurch.org slash gift. Um, you can write a check. You can do cash. Uh, this is one right here that we actually have different people do that are part of our different campuses that giving stocks and bonds or mutual funds. Uh, and as some of our tax advisors said, it's a double tax advantage. Uh, and another way too is just texting the words Kensington Christmas to 77977. Uh, and again, there's no pressure in here. There are a lot of you that every year do this. You make a gift because you believe in what's going on here. You want to be part of the kingdom movement and that's awesome. And for those of you that are our guests, we mean that you are our esteemed guest. We are so thankful you're here and you don't need to feel pressure at all in this moment. You're our guest and not until you may feel that invitation to be part of this movement. Uh, and at that time you may decide to give, you know, so, um, so anyhow, and I just want to, again, I just want to tell you, thank you for many of you that are being bold and courageous to trust Jesus with your finances, with your funds. Uh, cause again, you're not investing in buildings. You're investing in people, not programs. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of that. So, well, we're going to have Davey, uh, come out right now and, and lead us into a song that it's called Lord Remind Me. And I think it just felt so appropriate last service listening to you. Uh, Dave, you guys did a terrific job. It's just being reminded that this time of the year, when it is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, people can feel lonely and they can lack peace. 
And Jesus can bring something that causes you to feel loved and enveloped in his, uh, in his church. And, and, and I think more importantly, too, is to not, again, not feel alone. And so I just, today when I listened to it again, Davey, it reminded me that, God, you love us. God, you care about each and every incredible person here, every man and every woman here. You care about our kids over there. You care about the middle school students. You care about us. And for me, like that brings me to the heart of Christmas. That reminds me uh, that, God, you're in charge, and that you love us, and that uh, you're never going to forgive us. You're never going to, excuse me, you're always going to forgive us. <laughs> Just kidding. You'll remember that one, won't you? <clears throat> kidding, kidding, kidding. He's trying to get your attention. So you're never going to forget us, forget us. So... Oh, man. On that note, Mark, why don't you pray for it? <laughs> yeah. That's great. You know, it's just so, just, this is such a, a, a huge issue and so beautiful. I was thinking on page 12, you guys got, there's this page, you know, and it, it says breakaway edge, young adults. Mm-hmm. That's, that's another thing that God is really doing amazing things in. And I just thought this, you're going to hear the song uh, from these guys, Davey and McKenna. And uh, I know these guys pretty well. Know this guy better than her. Uh, but, <laughs> but what's amazing is this is just another example because I, I, your lives aren't perfect. You're just trying to struggle, figure out what's going on, and we talk about that stuff. But God has a seed planted in you both that is amazing. I mean, he's, he's changing you guys. When you hear this song and you see what's happening, it's not about a song. You're going to see, again... The transformational power of Jesus in a person. Because yeah. you know, the, I mean, high school is a rough place. Um, Clarkston High School, Brandon, Waterford, it's a rough place. And to see God doing his thing in people one person at a time, don't miss that. It's just yeah. another opportunity to see what he's up to. And I just want to say thank you seriously for living open-handedly with your gifts and serving us ser- over and over again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Children play on Christmas Day and snow is flung When I feel I haven't had a friend since I was young When I'm feeling tired of myself and everyone Lord, remind me The shepherds heard the angels break the silence in the field. Then the wise men found a baby, and they could not help but kneel. Then the one who heard her weeping became a child in manger sleeping. Lord, remind me, cause it's Christmas and I want to remember.
To, to be reminded of, to even ask that, uh, or just, just say, God, man, remind me of your love and the peace that only comes through you. And, and that's really what we wanted to end the day. And I wanted to invite you guys to go ahead and stand with us. But we're going to st- just kind of finish off with, with singing, God, we know that you're the ultimate authority and you have the final say. And in this last song, it's called Last Word. And it says, it is finished. And with those words, we, we see that, that Jesus has the final say in whatever our situation is. So whatever, whatever the conflict that we see here in the world, the conflict that's going on in our lives, just all of the despair and, and the, the times when we just feel that it's heavy. The cross of Jesus Christ is what we need to focus on and and just to remember he gave his life for us his word is the final authority in that so we want to go ahead and sing
Jesus is stronger. Our shame was great, but Jesus, you're greater. Cause sin was strong, but Jesus is stronger. Our shame was great, but Jesus, you're greater. I just want to sing through this a couple times with you guys. And this is just an awesome reminder that the peace that Jesus brings through the cross. And so the shame that we feel often, I mean, I feel it when, when I interact with my family. There's times when I'm like, oh man, dude, I just, I messed up, Jesus. Man, I need you. I feel shameful right now. And just to be able to sing this and to know that not condemned by that and I don't have to to worry about that because he's overcome and he's paid for that sin. Cause sin was strong but Jesus is stronger. Our shame was great but Jesus you're greater. Cause sin was strong but Jesus is stronger. Our shame was great but so fortunate to be led by incredible women and men and McKenna, our very own high school dynamic worship leader. Love it. I love that no matter what this world brings, as the song said, the chorus we sang, Jesus, you're greater. That's amazing. Hey, last week we discovered joy has a face. It's Jesus. This week, peace is a person. It's Jesus. Next week, love has a name. And you guessed it. It's Jesus. I'm so excited, man. I tell you what, just do me a favor this week. Remind yourself that God loves you. By the way, just to be really clear, God will always forgive you. Uh, And to grab some Christmas invites and invite friends or family because you do not want to miss the Christmas program that we're putting on. So we love you. Have an incredible day, okay? Take care. We'll see you soon.